Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. Here we are. Season two, episode three, Sal. Oh, yeah. We've made it this far, and I'm going to keep going into the deep waters. The name of this episode is Fire and Ice. Oh. You always notice the episode names. I unfortunately never notice the episode well, I, names. I do tend to look them up on IMDb. Well, because, yeah, it's not there, right? It just says no. Cobra Kai in the beginning. That's I look it. it up for a differentiator. Plus, I like to have the IMDb rating. This one, Fire and Ice, scored an 8.8 .8 rating on IMDb. Nice. So we open with Johnny at a pawn shop of all places, of which he visited in season one as well when he was trying to sell things. But in this instance, Johnny bought a computer from the pawn shop. I like it. He says, I wanted an apple, but you sold me a lemon. <laughs> Great line. I like that line. But then the guy says, it's actually, it's a Dell. Right. And Johnny can't even figure out how to turn a computer on. No. He opened it and then he was pushing some button. Yeah. Who knows what button that was <laughs> on the side. The guy's just like taking a little bit of mercy with Johnny. Yeah. Like, let me turn that on for you there, pal. Yeah. So then he boots it up and then he sends Johnny on his way. So, and then meanwhile, so Johnny tries to teach himself. Yeah. Computer. Well, I have a 90-year-old grandmother, Sal, that's actually pretty computer savvy. Yeah. But this is ridiculous. What has Johnny been doing all these years? Seriously. I mean, anybody who's not computer savvy, I'm like, what have you been doing the last 25 years? Well, we have said this before about him. It is as if he's been frozen in time in Sino Man style. Yeah. Brendan Fraser, if you will. Yeah. He's been in a time warp. Rip Van Winkle. So... But I got to hand it to him for teaching himself... Yeah. He sat in his office yep. and he's teaching himself computer. And I love that he finally figures out how to go online. Okay. With the Cobra Kai Wi-Fi password yes. is strike first. Okay. But I like how he called the guy for help. And the guy goes, dude, this is a pawn shop, not the geek squad. Figure it out. That was pretty funny. As yeah. Well. And that that's when I learned great. it was a pawn shop. I didn't really know it was a pawn shop at first because my brain's not thinking you're going to get a, a computer from a pawn shop. I just don't think that. I think that was the exact same pawn shop that he tried to sell the Atari and he tried to sell his old Walkman. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was the same actor as the well. The same guy? Yeah. I okay. think it was. I'd have okay. to go back and look that up. I like that. That guy was a smart aleck though. So he gets online. And you're right. I remember when I first got online, like early 90s, like in Early rooms. 90s? Early 90s. Okay. I didn't get online until maybe the mid to late 90s. Hang on. Let me think about this. I got my first Yahoo email address in about 98. Okay. Early 90s. It's 93, 94. Yeah. I'm online, Oklahoma State University. There yeah. was like a computer lab with all my friends were lined up. I'm on there just looking up Quentin Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs. It takes an hour to load a page, but you're blown away mm -hmm. because yeah. there's things that you love. Sure. We all got in the same chat room and act like we didn't know each other. Okay, that's funny. That's hilarious. But we, you know what? The first time I got online, I had a girlfriend at the time. I've been using computer, but I had never been online. So I finally get online. Yeah. And my girlfriend, she knew what my plans were because I'd heard about the porn online. Oh, I'd gosh. heard about of it. Of course. So I told her, I said, okay, Debbie, I'm going to go on the internet. I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she knew. And I was all about the porn all night long. My first time online home alone in like, maybe like 97. Well, you're very Johnny Lawrence. Because <laughs> he's looking up hot babes. <laughs> of course, he does do some Iron Eagle. Yeah. Blood sport. That was funny. Chuck Norris. Mm-hmm. And what's he finally come across? Oh, he sees a commercial for Miyagi-Do, which surprised me also. Of all things. Yeah. So 
Daniel does this commercial, and then he he decides to take a dig at Cobra Kai mm-hmm. by saying, don't be a snake in the grass. And then he offers free lessons. He says, it's not about the money, it's about the karate. But there's also footage from the Karate Kid, which means the crane is obviously in the ad, which means somebody had to have filmed it, and they got a really good footage of it. There is the footage of the crane and Johnny Lawrence getting kicked in the face in the Miyagi-Do commercial. Is that legal? Well, it's been long enough, but I'm just shocked that someone had high quality at this All-Valley Tournament in 84. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, not only were there banners made from obviously great Sports Illustrated type photographers that were there that day, banners hanging of Daniel doing the crane. Someone has a great low angle shot of it. And of course, Daniel has the footage. Sure. Which shows Johnny taking it yet again. He can't live this moment down. But if someone puts a... If Daniel uses Johnny in Daniel's commercial, can't Johnny sue him? Well, I bet you that the All-Valley Tournament owns this footage. Uh, I'm going to make that assumption. Yeah. And if you're on a premises, you've signed your right away uh, to yeah. be in it. So Daniel somehow has gotten the footage because he's two-time All-Champ. Sure. You know, he's big time. And he's a member of the committee. Exactly. And Johnny is also a two-time champ, but not in the good graces. No. He had a lifetime ban before he overturned it. Although he did not. Well, before he had them overturned, the lifetime ban. But the lifetime ban was on Cobra Kai, not on him. Not on Johnny Lawrence exactly, but on Cobra Kai. Johnny Lawrence is now reigning champ. Cobra Kai's back on top. But Johnny Lawrence does not have the skills, the personal skills, the people skills that Daniel has. No, but I couldn't believe when I saw that commercial. I couldn't believe that... For one thing, I don't think anything forecasted this commercial happening, right? That's why it caught me off guard. I was not expecting this commercial. No, even Johnny's like, oh, ads. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And He laments ads, and then it's a Miyagi-Do It's a Miyagi-Do. So, pretty funny, but yet Johnny cannot escape Daniel or Mr. Miyagi or anything. No, very much a throwback to, what was it, season one, episode one? Yep. When he sees the commercial... Yep. Right. So he's always, Johnny's always getting hit. He's always seeing Daniel in some way, shape or form. Plus, as you just said, lessons are free, which is totally going to monopolize Johnny's business. Well, so you think, I know that in the past, uh, for many years, I worked as a personal trainer. And when you give out stuff for free, people don't really appreciate it. That's true. People don't appreciate free stuff, even if it's good. That's true. You got to put value on something. I mean, because look what happens further along. We should expect a larger turnout and we don't have it. That's a good point. So obviously the offering stuff for free is not working. So now we have a nice LA montage and it ends at the beach and specifically on a Cobra Kai volleyball. Yeah. (laughs) It's very nice. They got merch. Very side out. If you remember that C. Thomas Howell movie from the 90s. So now we're at the beach and we see Hawk and Moon and Dimitri playing volleyball and there's a Cobra Kai towel. So there's a lot of Cobra Kai <laughs> swag all of a sudden. Yeah. Somebody's paying for this. I'm looking for the Miguel bobblehead. Yeah. That's what I'd like to the see. The champ. Yeah. Yeah. The current champ bobblehead. And then look what happens. Some cute girls walk up to Dimitri, think he's a member of Cobra Kai. Right. Very reminiscent of when my older brother, who's a firefighter, loaned me his LA City firefighter sweatshirt, or he gave me a sweatshirt shortly after 9 11. Wow. And I was walking around with this firefighter sweatshirt. Right after 9-11, and I'm telling you, women were approaching me, grabbing me, hugging me, taking photos with me because of this damn sweatshirt. So in this little moment, Dimitri's like, hey, yeah, Cobra Kai right here, getting some uh, 
attention from the ladies. Well, back to your sweatshirt. Did you ever <laughs> take it off? <laughs> I slept in it. No, the truth is I didn't want to uh, impersonate, especially since it was of from course. my older brother. Yeah. So when women would approach me, I would tell them, well, no, I'm not a That's firefighter. You know? But My I, brother is. Yeah, I should have. I should have lied. No, no, no. 9-11's pretty... <sighs> no, I think you did the right thing. I did do the right thing, but just because you do the right thing doesn't mean you may not regret doing the right That's thing. That's okay. I'd rather you regret it than regret the other way around. There's been a lot it's of times in life... ethically right. Okay, there's been many times in life where I've regretted doing the right thing. Yeah. That shouldn't be one of them. What do you call that? Regretting doing the right thing? <laughs> I have a few of those in my life. Morals. Okay. So, now Dimitri refers to the All Valley Tournament as the Rumble in Reseda. Did he? Yeah, it's a great little slogan. I missed Although, that. it's not in Reseda, but no. still, it's cool. Well, we did find out that the original All Valley was at Northridge. It's Northridge. Cal State University, Northridge. Oh, it still is. It's yeah, still there. Yeah, same place. Okay, yeah. same place. Northridge, yes. So Miguel shows up and is concerned. And Hawk thinks it's the Sam thing, but he tells him, no, it's Sensei and Robbie. Yeah. So now we're at LaRusso Auto, and Daniel surprises Amanda with lunch because... She's pretty upset with him for spending the marketing budget on this Miyagi-Do ad. Yeah, she asked if he's going through a midlife crisis. Because he didn't ask her permission. No. And whatever budget that costs. Because it wasn't a cheap ad. No. It wasn't like he grabbed his iPhone. They really came in with the crew and put sure. this thing together with music. Yeah. But she's not pleased with him. And then what does Anoush share with us? Anoush shares the video, probably on YouTube because there's lots of comments. So he shares the comments and... Some people commented on the commercial calling Daniel, Daniel the racist and accusing him of cultural appropriation. Ouch. And Daniel's like, huh? I don't even think, he's a little Johnny Lawrence-esque, is then even he was out of the loop a little bit. Like, what, what do you totally. mean cultural appropriation? What are you talking about? He's like, Mr. Miyagi loves that song. Yeah, that's his favorite song, you know, because I guess they had like the flute type music, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Daniel's defending himself. But yeah, I like that. Daniel the racist. That was pretty funny. So he's Asian whitewashing. Yes. That's term. what they call it. So, I like puns, by the way. That's why I like Daniel the racist. It's, uh, no, that was pretty good. It's a good pun. So before that, though, I meant to say, there's a reference that Anoush makes to Amanda. Because she's like, Anoush, you're not going back to Encino. Yes. You're staying here. We need you in North Hollywood. Yes. And he says, I'm not a North Hollywood guy. My skin's too sensitive for tattoos. Now, Sal, you live in North Hollywood. Yeah, I do. What is this reference? I think that implies that North Hollywood's a little more downtown, whereas Encino's a little more uptown. Okay. He's more likely to, to meet people with tattoos in North Hollywood than he is in Encino. Because there's a big arts community in North Hollywood. Well, there is, the last 20 years, they've created the NoHo Arts District. Right. Which is a portion of North Hollywood, and that's where I live. I live in the NoHo Arts District officially, or really adjacent to it. And yeah, it's a whole lot of theaters, karaoke. There's a famous place called Tokyo Delves, a very famous sushi place on Lancashire that has like wacky sushi antics. So yeah, it's a very hip and happening area. In fact, oftentimes I will drive down Lancashire in Noho Arts District and I'll look around and notice I'm one of the older people in wow. the area. So yeah, a lot of young people. There used to be an arts college, art institute there on Lancashire. There's the Al Portal Theater uh, there as well. So yeah, it, it is a sort of a young, hip area, whereas Encino is a little different. It's a little more suburban, old money in Encino. I think if I were selling luxury vehicles, You'd I would probably Encino. rather live in, uh, work in Encino. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of tattoos in North Hollywood. Yeah, there's more face tattoos in, on Lancashire. Okay. So now we're at the Cobra Kai Dojo, and Hawk confirms Robbie is Johnny's son. Yeah. 
interesting moment because we learn that they learn in sort of a more subtle way. I'm waiting for a bomb to drop, like I was waiting for Johnny to drop a bomb or or Daniel, somebody to drop a bomb. Whereas it, it, we kind of learned this news a little more subtly by the students gossiping among themselves. That's true. So it kind of came on not as, as strong as I thought it well, would. Well, they had strong suspicions. Well, it started with, with uh, Miguel noticing Robbie's picture on the refrigerator. Right. Well, even before that, though, they knew something was different when Johnny addressed them after they won the championship. He was like, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, yeah. And Miguel's like, is there something that we sure. did? Is there some sort of connection to Robbie? So I think there was just enough things in motion. Yeah. It's not a bomb. It's kind of confirmation. Yeah. So now at this time, I'm thinking, well, what are they going to do with this information? But they're interrupted by Aisha, who comes over and shares the Miyagi-Do commercial with them both. And she makes it a point to let them know that the commercial disses Cobra Kai. Oh, if you watch it, you know that disses Cobra Kai. Well, it's a subtle diss because you have to know Cobra Kai to get the diss. Right. It's almost like a rap battle. You got to know what's going on on both yeah. sides. Well, you know, Cobra so. Kai students know. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, and us as viewers, we know. Yeah. You say, you reference a snake. Yeah. You know what you're talking it's about. It's kind of a cool scene because as they discuss it, we come out of it and Chris and Johnny are both watching the ad. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it's a, a nice intercut there. Yes. And Kreese says he should have taken care of Mr. Miyagi when he had the chance. Yeah, and I was waiting for Johnny to give him the eye roll. Yeah, so I believe Kreese had the chance. Yeah. And Mr. Miyagi bested him. Yeah. So that's why I, I rolled my eyes like, uh, hello. And I was waiting for Johnny Lawrence to give him the side eye, but yeah. he didn't. No. Yeah, but and then... Johnny says, free karate, how am I supposed to compete with that? Like yeah. he thought, well, if they're going to give karate away, of course people... But go back to what I said a minute ago. Exactly. People don't appreciate free stuff. Yeah. They don't. But Johnny then says, I got a plan. And I'm wondering, what is he going to do? I'm thinking he's going to go, you know, paint another dick on a billboard. That's what I'm thinking. Well, not so fast. That's Johnny style, or it was. It was. He's a little more grounded now. Okay. And actually, some of the things he's doing... It's working. He's got students that won the All-Valley Tournament. So he's yeah. starting to build his own confidence as a sensei and hopefully starting to make some smarter decisions. But he and Kreese over here, you hear murmurs coming from oh, the students. Sure. You hear them talking. And that's when Kreese says, this is an act of war and it needs an immediate response. You could tell that Kreese is trying to instigate here. Oh, for sure. And that's when I go, oh, come on, Kreese. What are you trying to do here? He's trying to control. Yeah. Puppet master. And Johnny says, yeah, I know what needs to be done. Yeah, but when he, Johnny says that, I'm thinking, my first thought is, oh, no, Johnny. Hide the spray paint. Yeah, exactly. What's he going to do now? So now we're at Miyagi-Do Dojo, and Robbie and Sam are training, sparring. So they break, and Robbie thanks Sam for helping him with his home situation. He <laughs> basically says, thanks for letting me stay with you guys, right? All of a sudden, he's got a jacuzzi, right? He said, I had to deal with lights shut off. Now I got a jacuzzi. Well, it's because she took the initiative and brought Daniel, her father, into the situation, well, of which Robbie was not going to do. I think that if I were Robbie and I was living in Encino in a beautiful home, SOB, south of the boulevard. Wow. Yeah, I'm not going to go back to no. my old apartment and with, very, with my absentee mother. I know he's really genuine about it, though, because he's got too much pride to have shared that situation with Daniel. Sure. But Samantha saw what it was. And they investigated and fixed the situation for him, which is wonderful. Yeah. So now he's living with the LaRussos. They should also just set him up at Miyagi-Do and just stay there like Daniel yeah, used to. That would make sense. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let him stay there. It's a house. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. 
So then as Daniel enters, so do some new potential students who saw the ad and they are inquiring about free karate. Yeah, but guess what? Daniel says, oh yeah, you want to join Miyagi-Do, you can start by painting the fence. Yeah. I think that was, a, I, I would have cautioned Daniel to come on that way. Like, don't, co- don't come on that way. Hold that car. <laughs> yeah. Give them something. Offer them some Kool-Aid first. I yeah. mean, come on, offer Explain them some lemonade. Explain the, you know, the hierarchy, uh, maybe your credentials. Yes. He jumped in early with painting the fence. There's some paint cans and some brushes out back. Yeah. He just told these kids get to work. And one kid's like, oh yeah, this is bullshit. Just a scam to get kids to do your yard work. Yeah. That was hilarious. If you notice right when he says BS, music even changes. Yeah. Yeah. There was like, it was almost like the DJ, like the needles. But then he goes, come on, let's go check out that place with the snake. And you know what they mean. So these guys leave and Daniel's standing there with a look on his face, that look of dejection. I was like, oh, poor Daniel. He tried, but he came in too early, for sure. That was a really funny scene. And then the other kid said, my mother said, you can't trust a car salesman. Yeah. <laughs> you got to read the fine print. That was funny. Yeah. And that's true. Let me tell you something. If you're going to go to a car dealership and you're going to sit there for three, four hours, as I've done a few times, yeah, read the fine print. You're going to be paying for a warranty you didn't even want. Trust me. Now we're back at Cobra Kai Dojo and Johnny is making his own ad. Yeah. He starts by kicking flower pots of dirt on the students. <laughs> He's calling out lame meditation BS <laughs> and self-defense. And he's promoting self-offense, bone-crushing, face-smashing, good old American karate. The way of the fist. And you know what? I would say that that's a good approach, particularly, again, no mention is made of mixed martial arts or UFC or Bellator. There's no, no mention of that. But... Here we are in 2019, so that spirit is is in the air. So I believe that his approach, the kick-ass approach, which is the traditional Cobra Kai approach, I thought was good. I thought, okay, I like this. I think some viewers will respond to this commercial. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I want to learn how to kick ass, sure. Fight some bullies, kick their asses, yeah. It's kind of like the flyers that he had before. Learn how to fight. Yeah. You know, he's he's really on the nose. Yeah, no, no fence painting here. But unlike... Daniel spending whatever they had at LaRusso Auto Group for the commercial. Johnny's banging this out with a student in an iPhone. Yeah. And he says, uh, before he goes back in the office, now I want a chrome Cobra Kai. <laughs> I want Thunderstruck. Use Thunderstruck as the song with no rights, by the way. And hash brown that with Team <laughs> Karate. <laughs> I like hash brown. I messed that up. <laughs> hash brown that with Team Cobra Kai. And yeah, let me know when it's done. I like that. And that, and that was just one take. Right? He's like the Ed Wood of, <laughs> of this world. Yeah, we're good. That's good, right? Yeah. we No budget. We banged it out one take. Do you know the song Thunderstruck? What are no. you speaking of? No. Is that an 80s heavy metal song? Yeah. And Aisha's like, the rights for that sensei are going to be more than we have. I got the cassette in my car. We're good. <laughs> it's clueless. He knows nothing about music rights. I got to hand it to him, though. I mean, I, I, as a professional actor, have done some commercials in one take. I banged it out in one take. So the fact that Johnny bangs out a commercial in one take, I am big time impressed. So Johnny finishes this fantastic commercial, which I totally love, enters a storage room, followed by Hawk and Miguel, and they come in to ask about Robbie. They know the answer to this question, but they want to hear it from their sensei. Yeah. So what did they ask him? Is Robbie your son? Is that, did they ask him point blank? Yeah, not in an aggressive way, but they do ask him. And to his credit, he didn't shy away from it. Sure. He admits it, and he said it's none of their damn business. Yeah. He says to go clean mats for the rest of the week. Exactly. (laughs) It's like their punishment. But you can see hurt in their eyes, especially Miguel's, when they just hear it from him. 
Yeah. Because they're really confused. Well, because Miguel has a different relationship with Johnny than all the other students do. Exactly. I mean, he's his neighbor. They met as, as neighbors and friends originally. It's a father-son type relationship. Yeah. Johnny has had dinner with Miguel's mother, right? Johnny's been over for dinner, met the grandmother. I mean, yeah, there's so, sort of a different relationship. I never thought about this either, but Miguel could be looking at him thinking, why do you have this estranged relationship with Robbie? Yeah. Like initially I thought Miguel was thinking about it from very selfish reasons, but he could question why his own sensei, his own father figure, can't even have a relationship with his own son. Or I was also thinking maybe Miguel is thinking, Sensei and I have a relationship. Why hasn't he shared this with me? That's true too. You know, like if, if you have a friend that hasn't that. shared something personal with you, you're like, well, how come you didn't tell me? Yeah. This? I had a friend that had surgery, was in the hospital. Later on, she never told me. I'm like, why didn't you share this with me? Yeah. Like I felt hurt that she thought she couldn't share that with me. It's probably a lot of that. It's probably some of a lot of things, but you're right. It's definitely a play. How come you didn't tell me this big secret? Yeah. I got to come find out and hear it from you. And but, then listening, standing in the doorway is Crease. Crease is overhearing this, watching this unfold. Yeah. And you wonder what's going in his head as he's hearing this. So now we cut to the Valley Fest. And I am wishing this were a real thing. So I was going to ask you, growing up in the Valley, how many Valley Fests have you attended? The San Fernando Valley is a very special place. It has uh, long been considered a suburb of Los Angeles. Currently, I would say over the last 10, 20 years, Greater Los Angeles is starting to overtake the San Fernando Valley. I have sat down with LACD council members and talked to them about this, about the overtaking of the San Fernando Valley by the rest of Los Angeles, and I feel the San Fernando Valley losing its own identity. There have been movements in the past, secession movements. There have been pushes to remove the San Fernando Valley from Los Angeles and make it its own city, but it's just never come to be. I think it should have come to be. I think the San Fernando Valley should have left Los Angeles because the San Fernando Valley is losing its own identity present day. So did they have Valley Fest? I wish. In fact, speaking of, for years I used to run the LA Marathon and years back, I used to wish there was a San Fernando Valley Marathon. I even planned out a route at one point. As long as it's not summer. No, the San Fernando Valley would be a great place for a marathon, mostly flat. As long as it's in the winter. Fall or winter would be good. It doesn't have to be in 115 degree weather. The LA Marathon is in March. That's spring. So it could be around, yeah, fall fall would be good. Fall would be a good time in the San Fernando Valley Marathon. So no, the whole time I'm watching Valley Fest in Cobra Kai, I'm thinking, I wish the San Fernando Valley had Valley Fest. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. No, there is no actual Valley Fest to my knowledge whatsoever. Well, Valley Fest is a real thing in Cobra Kai world. Yes. And Daniel and Amanda are setting up shop for LaRusso Auto Group. Yeah. But then what does Daniel say? So Amanda and Daniel start chatting about Miyagi-Do. And then she makes sort of a joke about, oh, you guys should do a demonstration on the stage. So Amanda brings it up. And that's when Daniel's like, "Uh uh-huh, that sounds like a fantastic idea. And Amanda's like, no, no, I was only kidding. He's like, no, no, no. We're going to do a demonstration. And then he, he's trying to sell Amanda, like, oh, we'll tie it into LaRusso Auto. You know, Miyagi-Do demonstration brought to you by LaRusso Auto. It's going to be great. Like, so he's all con- trying to convince Amanda that it's going to be tied in and bring more business to LaRusso. Amanda's concerned that the Miyagi-Do is taking all of Daniel's attention and time away from LaRusso Auto Group. And in a way, it is. It's true. In fact, Amanda right now is probably having to grab the reins of LaRusso Auto Group because Daniel's running off with Samantha and Robbie. But she does say... People would like to see you in your old gi. Yeah. So as much as she is probably carrying a heavier load, 
it's not a bad thing. It's was that just, sort of a flirtatious remark, though? She was like, oh, I'd like to yeah, see you. Yeah, but, but it wasn't negative. She didn't squash his idea. No. And she knows it's important to him. Her daughter's in it now. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if he gets things right and going, a successful company, people don't always stay in charge. Sometimes someone leaves a company. Sure. So who knows? Maybe this is Daniel's meant to go do this. Well, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, I'm wondering if the day will come where we will see Amanda as a member of Miyagi-Do. Well, good luck with that. Who knows what the future brings? The last time they rolled around on the mat, (laughs) Anthony happened. That's right. I don't think they're going to have a third kid, but who knows? Okay. So now we're back at Cobra Kai Dojo. Johnny heads out and chats with Kreese after a quick exchange with the the local vagrant. Yeah. Yeah. She made something. Oh, you're taking me home, baby? He's like, you wish. She's She's still there. She's 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 never leaving, man. (laughs) She's never leaving. Well, because Johnny employed her as a sign spinner for a while. Totally. She'd give her more to do. Yeah. Have her spin some more signs. And then so Crease and him chat briefly. And there's Crease there ready to instigate again. So what's he say? Uh, this doesn't look good. Daniel training your son. Oh boy. Talk about instigating. Totally. You're going to have another man training your son in doesn't karate? Doesn't look good, Johnny. Oh no. So Crease says, I guess it's good you still have that Mexican, meaning Miguel. And then Johnny says, Miguel's from Ecuador. And then just under his breath, you can hear Crease say, six of one. Really easy to miss. Wow. Six of one, half a dozen of the other is what he meant. Like, you know, Ecuador, Mexico, whatever. Same thing. Crease. So he is digging. He is instigating. Oh, yeah. Another man's training your son. So then Crease also adds to further it, you better hope LaRusso doesn't sink his mitts into him. In other words, LaRusso took your son. LaRusso is probably going to take the Mexican. And then Johnny ponders Crease's words for a second as he enters his vehicle. What is it? A Charger? Charger. Okay. So it does have an impact on Johnny, as well as the fact that Miguel and Hawk spoke to him earlier and he could see the hurt in their eyes. Sure. So he goes home, walks across the courtyard, checks in with Miguel and takes him out to dinner. Yeah. And at dinner, he shares with Miguel a lot of personal things, which is kind of not Johnny's way. No. It's a great scene. It's nice to see these two bond And what do we learn in this situation? Well, he starts by saying, you see that building across the street. So they're eating burgers in an establishment across the street from a hospital where Robbie was born. So that's where he says, you see that building over there? That's where Robbie was born. What was the date? I know you're always keeping track of dates. February something. February 4th, 2002. I wonder what the significance of that date is for the Cobra Kai world. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look up what went on. Well, this came out in 2019, so he's 17 years old. Yeah. Young enough to fight in the All-Valley Tournament. February 4th, I believe he would be an Aquarius. Yeah, that's a, yeah. <laughs> for you horoscope lovers. So Johnny is totally laying it all out yeah. for Miguel, and I think Miguel is kind of surprised that he's doing this. In fact, at one point, Miguel says, you don't have to tell me this, sensei. This is personal stuff. And Johnny continues, and he let him know that his son Robbie was born across the street, and instead of going over there to be a part of his son's first day on earth, he was just getting drunk and depressed because his mother had just died. So that was interesting. So he was grieving his mother as his son has been born. And he was scared. And he said he failed Robbie on the first day of his life. And he's been failing him ever since. Yeah. And then he went on to say how training Miguel has been very special for him. Mm-hmm. He'll always be on his side, and he'll have his best interest at heart. Yeah. That was really touching. Yeah, it, it very much so. He was committing to Miguel. 
Yeah. As his friend and sensei. But I'm also wondering if in that moment he was kind of just, what would be the phrase where you're just, well, I don't have a relationship with Robbie and it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. Because he's his dad, but he never really was his dad. He's his biological yeah. father. Sure. So I wonder if he was kind of at that moment committing to the relationship with Miguel and almost releasing relationship with Robbie. Yeah. You're like the son I never had. Yeah. Really? Now I'm going to cry. It was really nice to see Johnny open up that way because you always want him to. Yeah. And now we know him so much better than we knew him in The Karate Kid. Sure. And for him to be this guy that, you know, you really hoped he was, he's because he's not Crease. No. In fact, we're reminded he's not Crease because now that Crease is back, yeah. we see he's not that. He's very Daniel-esque. He's a good guy. And it would be nice to see him and Robbie reconnect and even sure. have a newfound relationship. But it's also special to see what Daniel and Robbie have. Yeah. So, you know, I don't necessarily need Robbie and Johnny to have something that they never had if it's not meant to be, but not to be on bad terms. Yeah. Well, I know that when I rekindled a relationship with my own father after a decade of not speaking, I realized when I sat down with my dad, I was in my late 20s, and I realized that whatever I was trying to get will never be gotten. Yeah. And whatever I thought we should have had, we never had, and we're never going to get. So it was very healing and cathartic for me to have a dinner with my dad, because I realized that, uh, you know, if I'm searching for a dad, it's not going to happen. That's yeah. it. It's over. You could have something new. Yeah. It would be a brand new relationship. It's not like a trying to recreate something. Yeah. That's you know? what it would be. And that's so, what him and Robbie potentially could have. Yeah. So as he opens up his heart to Miguel, shares part of his life, part of the history of Robbie, Aisha texts yep. Miguel, and Miguel says, excuse me, checks his phone, and Aisha tells them about the Valley Fest demo with Miyagi-Do. That's exactly right. And you could tell Johnny lights up a little bit. I'm still thinking what his plan is, because at this point, we don't know. So we are now at Valley Fest. Oh, yeah. And I'm excited to see this, because really, I'm watching this as a Valley person. Like, why... Don't we have this? Why isn't there more of a pride in the Valley? I think we had a few movies. There was a culture. We had a Valley Girl and all that. There was the, the Oh My Karate God. Kid. Hello. Oh My God, for sure. Like, totally. Yeah, Nick Cage. Yeah, my sisters were Valley Girls. But then it's just, it's a whole new world now. So no, I... I Fast Times from Ridgemont High. Yeah. So the Valley Fest, I'm just like literally chomping at the bit like, oh, I wish we actually had this. So Daniel shows up with Robbie and Sam and they're getting things ready. And then there's reference to the sheets of ice yeah. from the Karate Kid too. Well, let's not forget also, before we got to that, so what's funny is, is when they first open up on Valley Fest, you see the Raymond, the 80s guy talking 80s stuff from the hardware yeah, store. Hey, you remember Caddyshack? Yeah, that guy was hilarious. He's there ordering a funnel cake. Yes. Hey, funnel cakes are good, man. I like funnel cakes. I don't have them with, with the jam or jelly, just the powdered sugar. Powdered sugar. That's it. Who puts jelly or jam on? Them? Oh, they could. They put Nutella, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Just give me the powdered sugar. Yeah, that's it. Because I want to taste. And let the me cake. be, please. Yeah. So he's there ordering that. It's a real nice scene. Everybody's walking around with balloons. It's a real happy carnival type atmosphere. Looks like a lot of fun. Sal, we do see the sheets of ice, or at least the same concept from Karate Kid Two. And let me take you back, because you have not seen Karate Kid 2 recently. No, and I'd like to apologize to our listeners. I will watch Karate Kid 2, I promise. Sorry, listeners. I pledge. On Sal's behalf. <laughs> and there's a bar scene in the movie where he, Daniel is kind of provoked, and there's a wager, and he's got to go through sheets of ice, and Mr. Miyagi is there. And so a young daniel son has to do something he's never done. But yet, well-trained, it's Mr. Miyagi's 
you know, wonderful student, and he does it. Well, if you remember from Karate Kid, when Miyagi breaks the bottles on the car, yes, that was his first time doing that. That's exactly right. Yeah, so there's always a first time for everything. So Daniel's going to bring this trick. I guess he's been doing it for a while. Maybe he does it at dinner parties yeah. with Amanda. I'm not sure. But he's going to bring it, and that's going to be the big crescendo to the Miyagi-Do exhibit, if sure. you will. It's pretty neat. Sheets it, of ice. It's, it's pretty, pretty neat. cool. Yeah. So now it's nightfall. The Miyagi-Do stage is set. And the three of them are doing some, it's kind of a cool scene. It's like silhouettes. Yeah, and they're neat. doing some movements around kind of the Miyagi-Do style, the circular motion. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? Well, they're doing all these moves. Daniel busts out with the staff. That's right. Starts swinging the staff. You have Robbie jumping over the staff, I think doing a somersault. You have them acting as aggressors to... Daniel with the staff, and they fight him off and so forth. So they do this little demonstration. Oh, then Raymond chimes in. What does he say? They cut to Raymond in the oh, crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Donatello is he's my favorite one. Yeah, because he had a staff. He has a staff, yeah. Okay, so that dude's hilarious. So he's going to be showing up more. I didn't know yet. When I first saw him ordering the funnel cake, I just thought they brought him in for that scene. I was like, hey, that's the guy from the hardware store. So all of a sudden... So Daniel starts to set the ice up. Yeah, he starts to set up the grand finale. And then here comes Cobra Kai chanting Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, the same way when they entered the All-Valley Tournament, right? So they, the same entrance. These guys know how to make an entrance. They really do. And you just see the look on Robbie's face, Daniel's face, Samantha's face. What the hell is going on here? Because they have their own stage. And it's as if it was put together for two months. Yeah. Literally, it was one day. Yeah. I wonder how Cobra Kai was able to set up an adjacent stage under the nose of Miyagi-Do. Exactly. How were they able to do that? How, how did the festival director not notify Daniel and Samantha what was going on? And as nice as Miyagi-Do's stage was, and it was, it was subtle, it was clean, it was nice. Cobra Kai just like went the whole way with yeah, it. It's, it's, it's rock concert time. Crease is even with like the lighting guy. Yeah. Calling for more, what, sparks? More sparks, which I totally love because that was reminiscent of more cowbell. That was the more cowbell moment by Crease. More sparks. <laughs> Great reference. <laughs> more sparks. I need more sparks. <laughs> yeah, so they got the Cobra Kai's jumping on the stage, doing some amazing things. Oh, and I love that Hawk grabs Dimitri out of the crowd yeah. and has Dimitri hold the boards as he does a wild kick. He does like a crazy flying kick and he, he elevates off someone else. It was a great feat. Hawk has some pretty cool moves. He busts the, the boards. Dimitri's like, oh my God. Yeah, he was impressed. And then they start throwing merchandise from the yeah. stage. Yeah, merch everywhere. I'm waiting for a t-shirt cannon to come out here. Is Terry Silver behind this? The deep pockets? Because all of a sudden they've got, well, they do have a lot of students. Yeah. And Johnny, you know, maybe he is just funneling back into the system. So. We have our core group of students. Yeah. But then there's a lot of other students as well. So yeah, Cobra Kai is growing in student body. So I the, loved when they were throwing the merch off the oh, stage. I great. thought that was hilarious. It's so well choreographed. It's as if Cobra Kai does this every night of the week all over the nation. Yeah, almost reminiscent of a Cirque du Soleil exactly. evening. So this all leads to the big finale. Yeah, this is to rival the ice chopping that Daniel would have done. Of which nobody knows and no one saw. If you think about it, a contrast, because Johnny ends up breaking cement blocks on fire. Mm -hmm. So you think about fire and ice, those two contrasts. Also the name of the episode. Hello. Hello. 
Well done, Sal. No, you well done. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> it took you a while, but you got it. <laughs> oh, there. it took me 30 minutes. Okay, so Johnny breaks the flaming cement blocks. The crowd goes nuts. Nuts! And Amanda comes over to Daniel, Robbie, and Sam, leads them away, and then the camera pans down to the ice melting. Daniel has never looked so defeated. Yeah. Or maybe he has recently in Cobra Kai world, but he's down and you feel for him. Sure. I would have preferred it if he had even got to the finish of his and then Cobra Kai started. Yeah. It was the fact that they just lost all the interest. Everybody shifted focus oh, yeah. and ran to the other stage. Yeah. You know, because... Audiences are fickle. They are fickle. <laughs> and I think there's room enough for so many different types of karate. Sure. You know, there's not just one style. But it's a shame that it has to happen like this. Well, they completely robbed the spotlight. But again, this is going back to that commercial. Daniel took a dig at Cobra Kai in the commercial by saying, don't be a snake in the grass. So he was like, he took a dig. So I would say Daniel kind of started this particular conflict. It's true. It didn't help. But when, yeah, you had to, at the end, be rescued by your wife, come and take you away. You and your daughter and your main student being taken away by your wife probably end up at uh, Applebee's for dinner. Yeah. And that's the end of episode three. Wow. Man. Great episode. What a ride. Yeah, this episode was a lot of fun. I liked it. A lot of fun. A lot of good karate, a lot of good moves. We'd learn more about Crease. Johnny opens up. Yeah. Very good episode. Yeah. And seven more to go. All right. I'm ready. All right. Thank you so much for listening. And we'd greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And if you have time to leave us a short review, it would really help us as well. We also encourage our listeners to follow us on social media at Let's Talk Cobra Kai for Facebook and Instagram and at Talk Cobra Kai on Twitter. And if you have any questions, that's a great place to message us. Lastly, you can now become an official supporter of Let's Talk Cobra Kai on Patreon. And you can stream every episode as well as our other shows from our website, which is justcuriousmedia.com. Thanks so much. No mercy.